With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It's been a week full of international developments for China. Chinese cancer patients are finding it increasingly difficult to get their hands on vital drugs from India. Japanese companies in China are saying they are finding it increasingly difficult to make a profit. And there are major developments in three big U.S.-China stories involving Huawei, TikTok, and WeChat. With all the top news delivered straight to you without the need for any international travel, here's what's been happening in China this week. In a major story that could date very quickly on a weekly podcast, the Trump administration's efforts to halt use of the Chinese-owned app WeChat in the U.S., were put on hold by a California judge. Magistrate Judge Laurel Beeler in San Francisco issued a preliminary injunction at the request of a group of U.S. WeChat users who argued that prohibitions would violate the free speech rights of millions of Chinese-speaking Americans who rely on it for communication. The app, which was supposed to disappear from U.S. app stores on Sunday, has 19 million regular users in the U.S. and 1 billion worldwide. The U.S. has claimed the app is a national security threat due to its alleged links to the Chinese government, links owners Tencent have consistently denied. This is a fast-moving story, and so at this point I should mention our sister podcast, The Daily Caixin Biz Roundup, which will keep you up to date with all the latest developments. In another ongoing U.S.-China story full of twists and turns, President Donald Trump has approved Oracle's bid for the U.S. operations of TikTok. The president told reporters on Saturday, quote, I have given the deal my blessing. If they get it done, that's great. If they don't, that's okay, too. Under the terms of the deal, Oracle Corp. and Walmart, Inc. will control 20% of the new company called TikTok Global, while Sequoia Capital and General Atlantic, already investors in TikTok's Chinese owner ByteDance Limited, are expected to take stakes in the new company, according to Bloomberg, citing unnamed sources. In one more U.S.-China story making the headlines, Washington has further tightened the screws on Huawei. New rules came into force last week, forbidding any firm whose production process involves any American technology from supplying the Chinese technology giant with products, including critical chipsets, unless they obtain a license. 
Multiple companies have so far applied for exemption licenses, including U.S.-based Qualcomm Technology, Inc., South Korea's Samsung Electronics, and even the Chinese mainland's largest contract chip manufacturer, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp. The latest rules have crushed Huawei's hopes that it could continue to procure off-the-shelf chips from third-party companies like MediaTek, which was allowed under May's rules. Slightly closer to home, a new report by online publication Sixth Tone has revealed how the travel ban between China and India threatens cancer drug supplies in China. While there are no official numbers, it is thought hundreds of thousands of Chinese cancer patients import pills from India, and for many, it is the only way to afford potentially life-saving drugs. Much of the supply of drugs came via EMS, the cross-border express mail service. On July 23rd, India took the unprecedented step of removing China from its list of EMS delivery destinations, citing the limited availability of flights. The situation shows little sign of improving amid tense relations between the two countries. Moving from China's western neighbor to its eastern neighbor, more than half of surveyed Japanese companies operating in China expect their profits to fall more than 10% this year as they continue to be buffeted by the COVID-19 pandemic and China-U.S. tensions, according to a new survey released earlier this month by the Japanese Chamber of Commerce and Industry in China. The survey, which polled Japanese companies between June 28th and July 2nd, also found that nearly 30% of 942 respondents projected that their net profits will fall by more than 21% this year. In domestic news, China has announced the nationwide rollout of a policy banning sex offenders from working at schools and kindergartens by allowing access to judicial records of sexual misconduct across different regions. The move follows widespread calls for restricting sex offenders from certain types of jobs amid rising numbers of high-profile sexual assault cases. A government notice published Friday says that sex offenders will be banned from obtaining teaching qualifications and that those currently working in schools and preschools will lose their jobs. Fintech behemoth Ant Group Company Limited has received approval from the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission to set up a consumer finance company in the southwestern city of Chongqing. Software services provider China TransInfo Technology Company Limited was notified of the approval by Ant Group on Thursday, which allows it to jointly set up the consumer finance company with Ant Group, medical device company Jiangsu Yue Medical Equipment and Supply Company Limited, and several other companies, China TransInfo said in a Friday filing to the Shenzhen Stock Exchange. The news is taking on particular significance as it comes ahead of Ant Group's widely anticipated listing in Hong Kong and Shanghai, which is expected to be the largest IPO in history. And finally, a clothing company in China has found itself embroiled in a fight with possibly the most awesome fighters of all time. Semir, owner of China's leading children's clothing brand, Bala Bala, has been accused of IP theft in an open letter by Songshan Shaolin Temple, which took aim at its items emblazoned with Shaolin Kung Fu on them. The fight, however, has not been limited to just being between the temple and the clothing company, with thousands of keyboard warriors going online to argue whether Shaolin Temple's IP protection is an example of good IP protection or the over-commercialization of Chinese heritage. You decide. 
Let's turn out to Doug Young, Managing Editor of Caixin Global. Doug, great to have you back. And I understand you have an exclusive for us this week. <laughs> yeah, Kaiser. Uh, we actually have quite a good exclusive uh, in Caixin this week. Uh, as you probably know, this one's about the company TikTok uh, and if you've been living in a cave, maybe you haven't heard about TikTok yet. But uh, just for those people who might be living in a cave, just quickly, uh, this is a very popular short video app. A lot of people use it for music, but they use it for other things too. And it's apparently just very, very popular in the U.S. with young, you know, teenish, maybe early twenty twenties pe- people. Um, so the big story is that Donald Trump has been ordering. TikTok's Chinese owner, a company called ByteDance, to basically sell the U.S. operation. And and he's saying that ByteDance is Chinese. They can't be trusted. uh, They might give the information, you know, on all these millions of U.S. users to to Beijing and and so on and so forth. So this this whole thing has been sort of going on and on with Trump threatening to shut down TikTok unless ByteDance sells it. Well, now a new group led by Oracle, which is the big software company, has come in and made an offer for this. Uh, well, not made an offer. They're actually joining a partnership to to take control. And what's interesting in the Caixin exclusive is the nature of this tie-up. Uh, originally, ByteDance had been looking to sell the whole thing completely. Now they're doing this deal with Oracle, which is very interesting because they are keeping – they, meaning ByteDance, is going to keep majority ownership of the company, which is 80% ownership. But at the same time, they're also basically giving control of the entire company's board to a group of Americans, which is what I think Trump is really looking for. Uh, in this case, the Caixin exclusive is that we've learned that four out of the five spots on the company's board are going to local Americans who are uh, two of them come from venture capital background. Um, one of them comes from Walmart. One of the board spots is going to be held by the founder of the Chinese company. And then the last one is also going to an American. So this seems to be sort of a creative way for the Chinese company to keep ownership of the, of the, or majority ownership of TikTok in the U.S. while at the same time basically satisfying Trump that control of the company, which is ultimately determined by the company's board, is in the hands of Americans. This arrangement is rather interesting and I should think somewhat unusual. Is is this something that one sees often? Well, it's not, to be honest. Uh, but it is actually something you see one place in the world, and that's in China. Okay, Typically, when you see companies like this, the board is directly controlled by whoever owns the most stock in a company. So if I own 80% of the stock in a company, I should get to name 80% of the company's board members. Uh, And that's just the way it works uh, because I'm 80% owner of the company and the board controls the company. So that should give me the right to name 80% of the board members. Um, So this arrangement is, is pretty unusual. And this is obviously a big selling point for Trump. The one place you do see this kind of arrangement often, though, like I said, is in China. And this is, again, because China is very sensitive about the fact that companies like Baidu and Alibaba are all listed overseas. And that means that 
technically foreigners, you know, because they're the ones buying shares in New York, could buy up 70 or 80 percent of Alibaba's stock. And the last thing China wants to see is a group of foreigners buying up all these Alibaba shares and then saying, well, we want 70 percent of the Alibaba board seats. So what they do is they create these dual classes of, of shares and other things like that that basically allow Americans to own the stock without actually having any control over the company. Well, 2020 has been quite the roller coaster year for TikTok. Well, it has been basically everything, uh, but especially TikTok in the U.S. Uh, what's your prognosis for them in America? Well, I, I think this plan is is pretty creative. I do think. I mean, Trump has indicated that he's you know he's sold on it. Uh, it there's more to it than just this this sort of split ownership. Uh, there's also the fact that. Oracle is going to be like the official host of, of all of the TikTok information because the big concern is that, you know, uh, if any of this information is is sort of in the hands of ByteDance that technically, uh, you know, central leaders in Beijing could say, give us this information and, and ByteDance would have to give it to them. So all the information is supposedly going to be on tic, uh, sorry on Oracle servers. Um, you've got some big names in there that are going to sort of be guardians of, of this company and, and make sure that, you know, ByteDance isn't doing anything funny. So, uh, you know, it looks like the, the deal should go through. Um, and surprisingly, this thing has gotten a huge valuation. Uh, I think it's going to be valued at more than 60 billion US dollars, which is really, really large. So, uh, my prediction would be to answer your question, Guessing this thing will probably go through, maybe not by the end of this year, but probably early next year, and and we could see an IPO for this thing, maybe in the maybe in the first or second quarter of twenty twenty one. Well, thanks, Doug, for this. Uh, it's a story that I am following pretty closely, so let me know what else you turn up. Okay, thanks for having me, Kaiser. All righty, we'll see you again soon, man. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tsaishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata, with stories from the staff of Tsaishin Global. Special thanks to Lee Sin and Marcus Ryder of Tsaishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SupChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.